What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Episode 5 of the Project the Plate podcast is a complete opening day recap. We are going through every single game of just a wonderful day of baseball. And we are now recording on, I'm recording on April 2nd at 1242 in the morning. And I am joined by my close personal friend and the third baseman for the University of Hawaii, Dustin Demeter, who is recording in Hawaii at 6.42 p.m. So, Dustin, what's up? How's opening day going for you? Opening day was fantastic. Aside from the Dodgers getting their asses kicked by the Rockies, it was really fun. I was, especially that Rangers game where the whole, the stands were full and it was just, it was awesome. It felt like a playoff game. It was definitely a wild day. I mean, a lot of the favorites, a lot of the teams that were supposed to win didn't actually win. It's, it was a pretty wild day of baseball. So, Dustin, you, we've known each other since we were probably two years old, and we played baseball all throughout high school, all throughout our youth years, uh, before you actually got drafted out of high school because you were a beast. And I, I was pretty good, but you were a pretty good. pretty good. But you were an absolute <laughs> stud, and he got drafted in the 38th round to the Miami Marlins, but didn't take it and went to college at the University of Hawaii. Can you just touch on that decision just a little bit? Yeah, it was all about getting the the college experience. Um, You know, the bonds that I've made out here with my teammates, you know, they'll be at my wedding, that kind of thing. And uh, it's not something that I look back on ever. It's just college has been great to me and it's been so much fun. So you've been raking too. I've had some good days and some bad days. But, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> let's just up. get straight into the first game, which was the Blue Jays beating the Yankees in the early game, three to two. And how it ended is Randall Gritchick basically hit the go ahead home run over Judge's head in the 10th to give the Blue Jays the win. And there were, I, I obviously watched the full game and there was definitely some positives and negatives to the Yankees that I want to touch on. Gary Sanchez looked really good. 
He went two for three with mm-hmm. a really big home run. And he said he's been working on a lot of changes in his approach and his swing, actually, with the Yankees hitting coach Marcus Timms. And it seemed to at least pay off. He, he was hitting pretty well in spring training. And he obviously went two for three with a big home run today. But the problem I have right now that I'm trying to decide what to do with Gary, even though obviously it's not my decision, but I'm trying to internally decide. So before today, Cole and Gary have a 3.91 ERA together in 46 innings. And Garrett Cole, when he's caught by Kyle Higashioka, who's the Yankees backup catcher, has a 1.00 ERA in 27 innings. There is a real problem with Gary Sanchez's defense. He is going to, hopefully he's going to be a great hitter this year, but we need to figure him out behind the plate. And Cole, Cole looked pretty good. You know, he, he pitched pretty well, he, you know, five and two thirds, you know, he gave up two runs. He, he pitched pretty well, but he just made one big mistake to Teoscar Hernandez. And I got to say this judge didn't look great. He went one for five with two strikeouts and he had two huge outs in crucial situations at the end of the game. And I just have a problem. There was one at bat. I saw he's, he's chasing a low fastball or he wasn't even chasing it. He just looked at a low fastball and then completely chased a low and away changeup, even though they were in similar spots, he just has to stay away from that low strike. They weren't even calling it on him, but he was still fishing. And then two players that really impressed me with the Blue Jays were obviously Teoscar Hernandez, who went three for four and with a three for four with a big home run off Garrett Cole. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit an absolute piss missile, probably 110 miles an hour up the middle. Dustin, what do you think about the game? What do you think about Vladdy? What do you think about everything? So I thought up and down the lineup, the the Yankees didn't have good at bats. I mean, I thought that was very apparent. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of it seemed like guessing where they were, you know, looking at a hittable pitch and they weren't just, you know, sticking to the plan and and driving hittable pitches. And I think a lot of that has to do with just timing and and getting your feet wet because opening day, you know. A lot of times, you know, for the first month or so of the season, these hitters are going to be late. You know, they're going to be late. It's probably cold. Um, They just need a minute to figure themselves out. So from that standpoint, I didn't have a problem with the Yankees today. But just the lineup in general, it's so so boom or bust. Like, there's very good hitters and power hitters. But there's so many guys in the Yankees that are – are guys that can carry you for like a week at a time, two weeks at a time. Gary Sanchez. Stanton, Judge, these guys can carry your offense. What they don't have is a lot of those glue guys. The DJ LeMahieu is their really big piece, in my opinion. Um, And he had that first pitch out on that slider where he just kind of rolled it over. Uh, That was probably the the key to the game there. But uh, the Yankees will be fine. They they rake. But the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays also rake. They (laughs) look pretty good. They look good. Yeah. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez is the real deal. Yeah, he's good. I've been told that this guy's raw power, like just batting practice, is up there with Vlad, maybe even better. But this guy wow. hits balls far and hard, and he's got a, like he's got a great approach and swing at the plate. And I think he's going to be a monster this year for them. They didn't even have Springer today, which adds a whole different dynamic to their lineup of speed and power at the top. Uh, Kayvon Biggio didn't look good today. 
Bichette didn't really look that good, but you know, like I said, the same thing with the Yankees. I mean, it'll take Yankees, some time. Yankees can't go zero for nine with runners in scoring position and expect to win. So let's yeah. break into the second game, which I know you definitely had a problem with as a big Dodger fan, with the Rockies beating the Dodgers eight to five. And I'm just going to say, Kershaw just didn't look good. He so, gave, he gave up ten hits, six earned. Oh, I mean, five earned, six runs. Only had two strikeouts in five and two thirds. Justin Turner made a couple of errors, one in the field, and he also made an error on the base pass when Cody Bellinger was supposed to hit a home run to left field, but he doesn't put his head down in disgust. He, he ran back in front of Bellinger, so they called it an RBI single, taking it away from Bellinger, so good job there, Turner. Um, but Trevor Story, Corey Seager, and Bellinger looked really good. The stars of the game showed up. Bellinger went 2-4 with two walks. Um, Lux, Gavin Lux looked really good in my opinion. He had a bomb. He had a home run of his own. And I know that we were having a conversation about Herman Marquez and that you really like him. Talk about what you saw in the Dodger game. And if you could touch on Herman Marquez as well. So the entire game, I felt like he was getting squeezed a little bit. You know, he wasn't consistently throwing strikes and making good pitches, but they were quality pitches. They weren't great pitches, but quality. I think he ended up walking like six Dodgers. Those guys, the Dodgers are tenacious in their approach at the plate. It's, it's incredible. You saw it all last postseason. It was the same thing today. They're going to work deep counts. They're going to spit on good pitches. It's just the nature of the Dodgers. But Marquez just really made the big pitches when he needed to. Got a couple of like big double plays, a uh, couple of, couple of lucky plays where Mookie yeah. had a play where he just absolutely crushed the ball right at the right fielder. Um, but Marquez has learned to pitch in Coors Field and has learned to pitch without his good stuff. And I think he's, he's a legit arm for sure. It's pretty impressive. So t- talk to us about what you saw with the Dodgers today. I mean, I, I like their at-bats pretty much the whole game. Um, I didn't think they threw a lot of them away. I thought they were fine at the plate. They just kind of missed on some runners in scoring position. Didn't really get the home run except for Bellinger. (laughs) I want to blame it on how stupid Bellinger was, but it was kind of Justin Turner's fault. It was completely Um, Justin Turner's fault. Bellinger, I mean, he was was hitting a home run. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, the Rockies played really well. Like they played really well. They They made good big plays in the field. Terrible. They look good though. Second baseman had an unbelievable double play. Uh, Trevor Story is just incredible. I He's love watching good. that guy play. Love watching him play. Uh, some some good things for the Dodgers was Corey Knievel looked like a dude. He looked like a dude. Yeah. He looked kind of good, didn't he? Yeah. And then Jimmy Nelson comes in after him and like had like three hard. wild pitches. <laughs> yeah. No. But he was so Jimmy hard, Nelson. He, he, his fastball looked good, even though he didn't end up being great. He, he looked good, which is all you can ask for sometimes on opening day with some of these guys. I mean, Jimmy Nelson looked like he was trying to knock the rest off. I mean, it was it was like three to six, but ninety three, ninety six. But you know, he had those wild pitches, and the command wasn't just wasn't all there. Um, and then I thought, I mean, Seager at the plate right now is it's a special thing to watch because his big hole used to be the back foot slider, and now you'll see him swing at it maybe early in the count if he's getting really anxious, but he won't do it late in the count. And he's working walks. Both of his hits today were oppo. Like the guy's using the whole field. I think he's going to hit 35 plus, probably 40. I do want to do a little shameless plug. I did on last 
week's episode, I predicted Corey Seager as my dark horse NL MVP at plus 1500. I'm feeling pretty good about those odds. So let's break into the Tigers who beat Cleveland today, three to two in a game that was snowing for at least the first couple innings and throughout most of the game. It was crazy. And the big story, I think, from there is Miguel Cabrera went yard in the first inning and is now 12 home runs away from reaching that um, historic 500 foot, 500 foot, 500 home run mark uh, for his career. I mean, he's obviously going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's that's all said and done. It's basically packaged away at this point. And I'd like to touch upon Shane Bieber a little bit because I saw he his velo was down a little bit. It was like 91, 92. He was touching 90. And I mean, Early he's really 93 to 94. So it was, it was a tick down, but I mean, it was snowing. It's opening day. I'm not going too far into it. He pitched pretty well, at least for his stat line. His stat line probably looked better than what I was watching, but he actually went six innings, gave up three and struck out 12. So I guess, you, I mean, you're giving him the quality start. And you know who pitched pretty well and I was kind of impressed with? Matt Boyd pitched pretty well. And this is, is his second straight opening day start for the Tigers. He's kind of becoming their guy. And I, I, he's going to be able to teach Tarek Skubal and Casey Mize. And I think they rely on him as, as, a, as an ace in that clubhouse. But I don't know if anyone else in baseball thinks of him as that way. But, I mean, he pitched pretty well today. What do you think about the game? I mean, yeah, Matt Boyd was legit in 2019, you know, innings eater, probably like a two or three starter. And then had that rough 2020. But coming out today, firing like that, it was it was good to see. And like what I'd like to say is both these lineups were were pretty weak. I, it's the AL Central. There's not a lot of hitting there. Uh, I wanted to touch on Miggy and Bieber were my big takeaways because there wasn't a lot of action in this game. It wasn't like crazy game, but Miggy goes off Otako. Yeah. Off Shane Bieber in the snow. <laughs> kind of cool. <laughs> it's so special. It's so. It's so. It just you don't see a lot of guys doing things like that and you take it for granted, but you just saw Miguel Cabrera take the reigning Cy Young winner opposite field in the snow deep. And he slid into second base. He did slide hilarious. into second base. It was all just a <laughs> perfect so funny. moment to summarize how Miggy, man, he went basically. It was Miggy. Uh, but Beaver, um, you know, he gave up those early runs, kind of settled down. And I was like, I, I was I watched the outing and then I kind of looked at it in the box score. I'm like, wow, this guy strikes out 12, walks three, gives up like a bunch of hits, maybe like five hits or something, not a bunch, but and he punches out 12 and he's at 95 pitches through six innings. Yeah. Like his ability to get quick outs is is so beyond his years. And it's amazing. Uh, a lot of even the hits that he was giving up were like first two, three pitches. The punch outs, he'd use a little more. You know, he'd just go into that curveball like he does, the high heater. I mean, I think Shane Bieber is just such a special pitcher because to have the kind of a down game. Um, and still strike out 12. And still strike out 12 when he was kind of working the lowest normal velocity. Cali boy, like, we don't like the snow. <laughs> we don't and like the snow. Wouldn't you also kind of agree that watching him, you, it didn't seem like six innings, three earned with 12 Ks. Mm-mm. It seemed a little bit worse. But and you I know mean, who, that's, that's you know who I got those vibes people, from? Right. Yeah. You know, who I used to get those vibe from, vibes from, and I'm not saying he's this guy, but Clayton Kershaw used to do that. 
Yeah. You'd see him struggle, and then it was like all of a sudden it's the sixth inning, and he's given up two runs, and he has six, seven strikeouts, and you know, it just they have the way the great ones have their way of doing it, and I think Shane Bieber is just on that path. I agree. So let's break into the Brewers who beat the Twins today six to five, and actually a really really fun game. Uh, the way it ended, Orlando Arcia, the shortstop for the Brewers, walked it off in the bottom of the tenth which bit like an infield hit to the second baseman and uh, the guy slid into home and scored, but Hey, it counts. And the Brewers yeah. took the win six to five and a couple players that, I mean, one player, two players that really stood out to me, Josh Hader looked really good. He was up to a hundred miles an hour and he looked basically <laughs> unhittable and he struck out the side in his inning of work. He looked like he came up there and was like, this is my team. I personally love Devin Williams, uh, who's another reliever for the Brewers, who didn't actually pitch today, even in a close game. I'm not really sure why, but Josh Hader came in and said, I'm the closer. This is my ninth inning, and he looked phenomenal. And there was a couple couple of sloppy errors by the Twins that led to some runs by the Brewers. Um, Byron Buxton is another one of those players who kind of impressed me today. He hit an absolute bomb to left field. Not just a home run. 456. Yes. 456 feet from a guy who's supposed to have an 80 run tool. I mean, that just goes to show you how explosive and how amazing Byron Buxton could be. But we don't always see that from Byron Buxton. What do you think about the game? I thought um, Maeda and Woodruff are both like analytical darlings, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I got no beef with analytics. I'm not saying that. Um, but I just didn't think that they pitched that well. Um, both of them were bounced by the fifth, and I thought I like both of those pitchers a lot. I think I that they're too. both. Brandon Woodruff throws gas, 98-99. Brandon Woodruff in the playoffs last year against the Dodgers was the only arm that was like, we're not going to hit this guy because it was three yeah. really good pitches for strikes, for balls when he needed him. It was, it was incredible watching that's Brandon Woodruff. for an amazing pitcher in baseball. Exactly. I was so bummed because Josh Donaldson comes up in his first at bat, bangs a double in the gap, comes up short. He's hurt. Donaldson is uh, such a talented player and he's, he's an MVP. He's won an MVP. He's an MVP. And it's so sad to see this guy on the first game of the year, pull up. And I'm sure it was his calf because I mean, he's had chronic calf issues throughout the last couple of years, but I was really bummed out about that. I thought Donaldson was going to have a big year. Um, he still might, but if that cast bug in him, that's, that's too bad. An- another takeaway I had was the twins really need Nelly Cruz and the three. They, do. they need 41 like, year old Nelson. Cruz. Yes. They, <laughs> they need, it's not even so much like it's just his presence in there Yeah, because he's so far and away, in my opinion, the best hitter on that team that he just, there's fear there. He, there is fear there. Like you do not want to get Nelson Cruz up in a critical situation because the guy has been doing it for 40, 20 years, 40 years. It seems like, yeah, it seems like yeah, just he, been, he's been, he's been hitting home runs before we could walk. He's been a beast for a long time. Um, and he, they need that presence in the middle of the lineup. There's a great signing by them. Um, so Colome, yeah, uh, he needed. He just needed to throw it to second base. His PFPs, baby. It's just those PFPs. One other PFPs, thing, baby. Two other things. I think Colton Wong is going to have a big year in Miller Park 
because he's always played at Cardinal, the Cardinals stadium, uh, Bush stadium. And it's a big yard. Colton Wong's got juice, but he doesn't have crazy juice. I think he's going to hit 20 homers to have a big year. Hater k three guys on 11 pitches. <laughs> he looked really good. That's what I was he saying. Really good. It, it, he blew he really me away. Good. Like I, I, you know, I, I love Josh Hader and we've been watching Josh Hader for years now and he's always been amazing. But today he just looked like, I, I say this all the time. He looked like a dog. There's just an energy that he had on the mound today. That was frankly fantastic. So let's break into the next game where the pirates who I picked to be under 59 and a half wins actually are one and oh and beat the Cubs five to three today. Cabrian Hayes, who is their big monster prospect, made his long anticipated debut, hitting a home run in his first ever at bat. And I'm not going to take credit for finding the stat. Sarah Lang of ESPN and MLB had a great tweet today. Uh, she said Pirates, and this just goes to show the the history of how good the Pirates have been. Pirates rookies to home run on opening day. Cabrian Hayes in 2021 and Johnny Ray in 1982. Wow. That's it. Pete, just, just real quick. You yeah. said it was his first ever home run. So just like kind of short that up. That wasn't his first ever home run. Oh, I didn't. I'm first hitting his first home run of the season. That's my fault. There you go. Obviously he's hit way more home runs. <laughs> first home <laughs> run of the season. Jock Peterson mashed in spring training but kind of came up short a little bit he led he actually tied Corey Seager for the lead in home runs in spring training with eight but then he came in and struck out twice um the Pirates bullpen really impressed me six innings only allowed one run and struck out 11 there was a lot of arms in there throwing really hard they looked really good and Kyle Hendricks I want to touch on him a little bit because he doesn't rely on velocity a lot but it looked even worse than it usually is and he just didn't look that great to me he gave up three runs three innings and he was pulled after walking four guys which is totally uncharacteristic of Kyle Hendricks as well I was just I was a little bit disappointed I I was expecting a big outing out of Kyle Hendricks and I feel like he just kind of came up short but then again it's opening day guys are getting the rust off Um, Kyle Hendricks is still probably gonna have a great year he's one of the smartest pitchers in baseball mentally I think he's going to be totally fine I just I was a little bit worried today what do you think I just thought I think Kyle Hendricks is going to be Kyle Hendricks every year he's good you never want to pick him on your fantasy team or whatever because he's 86 miles an hour but he's always really good um the command just wasn't there today uh and that's just that's his whole game is that command and the the sinker the change up it just he just wasn't he wasn't himself today. I I I'm totally I don't think I don't think anything of it to be okay, honest good. with you. I agree. Yeah. I I just noticed it. I wanted to talk about it with you. Yeah, I mean he's going to get barreled up when he's over the plate and he's he's missing his spots. Yeah, and he doesn't do it often. But there's always starts in every pitcher's season where you're going to get barreled up like this. And he limited it all right. I mean he wasn't he wasn't he was pretty bad, but he wasn't terrible. <laughs> and that that's what I'm saying. <laughs> When Kyle Hendricks is walking guys and not locating, yeah, it's practice. I mean, yeah, it's it's the commands off. It's like he can't throw three one. Here's ninety seven. You know he he's got to he's got to sink it into the into the bottom. You know fourth of the plate, and he's got to just he's got to carve. He's got to he's got to paint, and he just couldn't do that today. And, and I, I don't think anything game? of it. Sorry, who stood out to you in this game? Um. Brian Hayes I mean yeah I mean I, 
he just hard. announced himself like with authority. It's like to Brian Hayes, like I'm legit. Like, like, he like I'm legit <laughs> like that like yeah the Cubs had two hits against the Pirates and I know you say you like the you like the bullpen and everything but it's the Pirates and you need to you need to, you need more than two hits they had six base runners yeah pathetic that's 2020 Cubs stuff and you can't have that all three runs from the Cubs came on sack flies like I like that I do like that i love giving yourself up for the team i have nothing against it but you need to get some hits like yeah, you, need to get you can't have six base runners against the pirates and i just i really i want this cubs team to be competitive but it was it was tough to watch it was tough yeah. to watch them hit i don't see it this year and i was kind of yeah. i was just trying to hype up the pirates you know i, I bet they're under on 59 <laughs> now they're one and oh i was trying to give their bullpen some credit and i actually think there they you go back there but you're kind of right it, it was. I, it might have been more on the Cubs not being that great. So let's break into the Padres, who beat the Diamondbacks today, eight to seven, in a pretty fun game. But both starting pitchers, I thought. I mean, if if we're going to touch, I thought this was going to be a great pitching matchup between you, Darvish, and Madison Bumgarner. But Darvish gave up four runs in uh, in four and two thirds, and Bumgarner was even worse, giving up six runs in four innings, and but you Darvish had a, a couple of pitches today where he was humming 98 two seam breaking on, on the knee. If, if he's hump, if he's 98 miles an hour with five other pitches and I know velocity doesn't mean a ton, but when, when his fastball is riding in like that, he's so tough to hit, but not today, I guess. Um, Cause I think he was a little bit inconsistent with his command. He wasn't getting all of his pitches over for strikes, but a couple of people that I definitely wanted to mention big games from Eric Hosmer and Jake Cronenworth, who I love Jake Cronenworth this year. I think he's mm-hmm. got a lot of Ben Soberts in his game. He can play all over the field. He's a good hitter. Cronenworth had two hits, one of them being a triple and Hosmer on the other side was just a triple short of the cycle home run, double single and a player that I know you love that I want to give you the floor for. So I'm not going to go into him that much, but Cattell Marte destroys baseballs. Cattell Marte destroys baseballs. He went four for five today with a home run and a double. Give me the lowdown on Cattell Marte, Dustin. So I have a buddy on the D-backs, and he says this guy just sits in the cage and just casually hits balls like 110 miles an hour in the batting cage, which is like crazy because this man is like 5'11", you know, maybe 200 pounds. He's cut up. He's a a beast, but – He's amazing. And that first hit even like it's an infield single and then then he's ramming gaps. And it's it's impressive to watch Cattell Marte play baseball. I can tell you that as a Dodgers fan. I love watching Cattell Marte. Um Darvish Darvish was not good today. I mean, that's you know, he it's wasn't good. He wasn't good. <laughs> he wasn't good. <laughs> but the thing about it today was weird. Um, usually Darvish has no problem putting guys away. You know, he's got yeah. the slider, the four seam up, the cutter, all of them. Like you got six, seven pitches, whatever it is. And he was getting ahead of these guys, but they were battling and they're fouling tough pitches off. And he just didn't have that really good put away pitch today. And I think that's what really killed him because he was, he was throwing, he was throwing well. It's just, he just had a tough time putting these Padres hitters away and they were battling, like give the Padres credit. They have a good lineup. 
They have Especially a really when Hosmer and Will Myers are playing like they did today and like they did last year. So I wrote key to the engine, yeah. Hosmer and Myers. If those guys rake, this Padres lineup is up there with the Dodgers, Braves, and, Do- and uh, Yankees. I agree. Like, it's, it's like that. And I would they, even go like so Hosmer far. had a Hosmer had like a huge, huge at bat. Uh, I think in the sixth inning or it was late in the game, and he just single to left, bang, got the run over. Which is so pivotal in these in playoffs is what we're talking about now. But uh, just being able to shorten up and get a job done is is just so so crucial. And seeing Hosmer do that, it it's definitely a good thing for the Padres. Another thing I wanted to touch on was uh, Bumgarner, who's, I mean, it's so sad, honestly, because, yeah. I mean, he's kind of an asshole, but you kind of root for him at the same time. <laughs> like, he's kind of an asshole, but, but it's hard to see him, like, it's hard to see him fall from this amazing pedestal. And, you know, he's, his velo was probably 88 to 90. The cutter was like 83, which is not yeah. going to cut it. And and the really bad thing was like the lefties and the righties were bailing him up. He he didn't have he didn't have a pitch to go to to put him away. And anything left over the plate is just going to get hammered by these guys. And I'm I'm really as even as a Dodger fan, I'm sad to see Madison Bumgarner fall like this. Um, another guy for the Padres that you already hit, touched on was Jake Cronenworth, who is just such a good baseball player. Such a good baseball player, isn't he? Such a good baseball player, man. Like, he hits the triple to lead off the inning. Yeah. And I think it's to tie the game. Hosmer tied the game there. Yeah. And um, it's just like Jake Cronenworth, he had had two walks today. He had three runs. Like, this guy's a catalyst, man. He's he's a really good baseball player, and I don't think he'd get – you know, he's only had one year, but I don't think he gets enough credit for being a really big piece on this Padres team. Let's break into another game where more hitting ensued and more aces got absolutely crushed. The Cardinals today beat the Reds 11-6. to And yeah, both Luis Castillo and Jack Flaherty got absolutely shelled. Jack Flaherty, less than Castillo. Flaherty gave up six runs in four innings, and he got pulled early. And Castillo gave up 10 runs in three innings and honestly should have been pulled earlier than that. I just, like I said, I have no idea why they were keeping Castillo. And I was watching the beginning. I mean, I watched most of that game and Castillo gave up seven runs in two innings and should have been, I thought, pulled immediately. But I guess they were just kind of trying to test him out. You know, it was 7-0 by the end of the second and the game was, I guess they kind of thought it was over. So might as well get Castillo some looks, but. Then he just gave up more runs in the fourth, and it, it just seemed like a wasted outing. But the best corner infield duo in the major leagues, I think, with Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, combined for seven hits in, in their 10 at-bats. And rookie Dylan Carlson, who, another shameless plug, I predicted will be the National League Rookie of the Year at plus 700. I'm already giving myself credit for picks after opening <laughs> day. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. <laughs> But I think he's the reason I say that is because I think Dylan Carlson is actually a really good player. And with Harrison Bader out, he's going to get a lot of opportunity, which is really helpful when you're trying to run rookie of the year. Both bullpens. I I love watching these bullpens. They're both really good. They combined together 
both the Reds and the Cardinals bullpens combined for 10 and a third innings. And they only gave up one run in over 10 innings and struck out 11 between the pair. I thought this game was pretty boring outside of the first couple innings. I mean, we saw like a ton of hits and then just kind of some sloppy play. And what do you think about this game? So the first thing that I thought was like, Aaron Otto looks good in Cardinals red. Like that, really that looks natural. It looks natural. Like it, it's, it's a fit. It's a thing. Um, and then the man goes, Goldie goes double, which I thought was a bomb. It was like off the top of the top of the wall or whatever. Um, but he goes single up the middle. And if it wasn't for the second baseman making an unbelievable play, he drives that run in and you're like, Aaron Otto, RBI machine. This man's just a beast. Like he's, I'm so excited for the Cardinals this year. Um, all about the first, you know, there's some good at bats strung together. And then, you know, Yachty kind of rolls one over to the shortstop. Eugenio Suarez is playing shortstop, botches it. It's called a single. And Luis Castillo's day is screwed over because all those runs are now earned. But it was an error. And I, I would be shocked if they didn't call it an error when they look at, get, look at it again or do whatever they need to do. That's a good point. Um, the uh, Carlson home run off the foul pole was pretty cool. You know, really cool. the Cardinals have been looking for offense for so long now. It seems like forever. It seems like since the Matt holiday days, they haven't had like an impact bat in that lineup. And now they go get Goldie. They go get Arenado. And now they got this young kid who's hitting home runs off foul poles off guys that are legit. Castillo's legit. Some, something about Castillo that I noticed today was he got – six total swings and misses out of like 73 pitches. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Say that again. Six, six, six swings swings and misses (laughs) in 73 pitches. I think that he was tipping his pitches. I don't have any evidence of it, (laughs) but you put on eight runs uh, on Luis Castillo. uh, It was, he might even more, but. And then you look at the swings that they're having on pitches and it's like Arenado. one of Arenado's swings really stood out to me where it was a changeup almost in the dirt. And this guy nuts it to center field guy made a diving play, but I think, I think they were on him personally. Um, I don't know that for a fact, but it wouldn't surprise me. Nicholas Castellanos was legit today. Yeah. He, um, he goes pull side tank against Flaherty. Flaherty was throwing like 90, he touched a five, but it was mostly 90 to 93, and it was somewhat concerning. He wasn't sharp. Um, but then he had another double, and then he almost goes backside double again, got robbed. But Cassianos had a big day at the plate, and it was good to see, especially for the Reds, where they paid him all that money. I think that guy's going to have a good year. I think he could hit you know, 30 home runs and hit for a solid average. Um, I came away a little bit uh, – little bit scared of what I saw from Jack Flaherty. Um, I don't think that he should be 90 to 93. Um, you know, I've seen him, I've seen him up to like 98 in the seventh inning before. And usually he's like 95, you know, 93, 96, but I've seen him up to 98 in the, in deep in ball games and seeing him at 90 to 93 was a little bit concerning to me. And I didn't think that slider was as sharp today. A um, little bit concerning. Hopefully he bounces but- back. It's also opening day, a little bit of rust, but I agree. Definitely, a little bit concerned. Definitely. So let's break into a game 
where we saw amazing pitching today. The uh, well, did we see amazing pitching or not that great offense? I don't know. But <laughs> the Rays beat the Marlins one to zero, and this was definitely a classic pitchers duel by two pitchers who I think actually could make the jump to a status potentially by the end of the season. Um, Glasnow more than Alcantara, but Alcantara pitched really well in spring training. I know that he was at the tops of the leaderboard, at least at one point in strikeouts and Glasnow threw six really, really efficient innings, only giving up one hit and walking zero while striking out six. He looked really good. Fastball was humming high velocity, high spin rate. It's just tough to hit. And their bullpen, even without Nick Anderson, who will be out until the all-star break with a partially torn UCL, they it looks like they have another three-headed monster that they just <laughs> found. I mean, they have, oh, they have Pete the Fairbanks, they have Thompson, they have Diego Castillo, and all of them just humming 100. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they all just look so good. And the, and the only run that was given up in the game, not that exciting, Marlins reliever Yimi Garcia gave up the only run. 419-foot bomb by Austin Meadows, which broke the tie in the eighth inning. And like I said, this game just didn't have a ton of highlights, just good pitching. So what do you think about Glasnow? What do you think about the game? So Glasnow was definitely very interesting, and it's because he debuted his slider. He threw his slider 27 times. And good too. he went 19 for 27 on strikes. So wow, he, got two, he only got two swings and misses on it. Um, or it might've been a little bit more. I have three, three strikeouts on the slider, which is two strikeouts on the slider, uh, three swings and misses, but it's incredible because this guy didn't throw a slider one time last year. It was fastball, curveball, occasional changeup, And he debuts and he's throwing 27 sliders. And it was first strike a lot of the time to that second time of the order. He was trying to get it over first pitch. It was working about 50% of the time, but he had a good feel for it. And I don't think it's necessarily something that's going to miss a lot of bats, but it could induce soft contact. And for Glass now to have a pitch like that, that allows him to pitch deeper in the ball games, get early outs on the slider, I think is, is huge in his development. I think he's going to be, if he can do that, he's going to be in Cy Young contention. Guaranteed I mean, if he, with those if two he pitches that, that he's already got. Pitch, if he develops that third pitch, he's DeGrom-esque. In the sense it of, it looked developed today. Like it looked developed. It, looked it was pretty really, good. I mean, he he impressed the hell out of me because I I've been in not anti Glasnow, but just Glasnow needs to develop a third pitch, right? I was. And I know we both I talked was, about. I that. was down on him because yeah. he got lit up by the Dodgers in the playoffs multiple times, and I was down on him. He said, "This guy's got two pitches. Just cancel one out." But now he's throwing twenty-seven sliders out of about a little less than eighty pitches. It's definitely adding an element to his arsenal that is going to be pivotal. Um, Sandy Alcantara, um, I hopped on the bandwagon this troop spring training when I saw he was leading the league in strikeouts. This guy doesn't strike, hadn't striken out people before. You got electric stuff, fastball like 97, slider changeup is disgusting. Yeah. But he wasn't Kane, guys. And then he comes out today and it's 83 pitches and six scoreless, like seven Ks, what is two walks, two hits. And it's just phenomenal watching this guy pitch because he's got such a, he's got such a feel to command the fastball to the arm side that it really plays up the slider and the changeup because he's going glove side changeups off the arm side fastball. And you it, it, like the tunneling effect. It's like one of them is going like this one is going like this. Yeah. And then he's got the changeup going like this. And I think 
you know, if his command is consistently where it was today, it's never been a question of stuff, but it's been a question of command. It's always had control, been able to throw strikes, but just really, you know, getting really specific and fine with his pitches like he was today. He is going to be amazing. And one, one more thing from this game. Go ahead. Austin Meadows was my comeback player of the year candidate, and he goes yard like first day. So I like that because you know, he's know. <laughs> really talented. I Very mean, talented he's, player. He's – I don't know if you can call him really a five-tool player, but I think he has above-average tools across the board, and he's obviously a really good hitter. And it's crazy that Tyler Glasnow and Austin Meadows were traded from <laughs> Pittsburgh for <laughs> Chris <Pirates>. Archer. <laughs> and then now Chris Archer, Tyler Glasnow, and Austin Meadows are all on the Rays, and the Pirates have nobody. So that's oh, always man. fantastic. So let's exactly. break into the last game that we're going to speak about because, like I said, right now it's about 1, one o'clock in the morning Eastern, and some of these games aren't even over yet. So the Royals beat the Rangers 14-10, to 10, an absolute onslaught of offense. And like I said, opposite of a pitcher's duel. Starting pitchers Brad Keller and Kyle Gibson gave up 13 hits combined and 11 earned runs in one and two thirds innings combined. They were about as dreadful as an opening day starter duo as you could possibly be. And then once they got uh, let out, the bullpens just got shelled again, but the bright spot Mm -hmm. actually, which was really cool to see him, even though he only threw to two hitters watching Wade Davis come in and strike out two guys was very reminiscent of him on the Royals. And but Wade Davis since 2017 has been really not good at all. Posting a 2.30 ERA in 2017 with the Cubs, but he looked, I mean, it's 2021. It's four years removed from a ERA under three. He looked good in those two, two little at bats and Jorge Soler. I think some people are a little bit weary on him. Can he repeat what he did in 2019 when he led the American league in home runs? Well, he showed up big, two for two, two walks, and a big home run from Jorge Soler. And also another player I, I want to touch upon because this guy just hits. I mean, Whit Merrifield just hits. Mm-hmm. Whit Merrifield just hits. Whit Merrifield is a fantastic baseball yeah. player. He went Great three for player. five with a home run of his own. I mean, yeah. he can steal bases. He can play the outfield. He can play the infield. He can hit. Mm-hmm. I think people need to start talking about Whit Merrifield a little bit more. What do you think? I have the same note written down, Pete. Um, I said, I love wit Royals didn't trade him for a reason. Like this guy is just, he's just a baller. Um, so this game was all about offense. Obviously the pitching was trash. Um, so Lair, two for two, uh, he had a Homer two walks. I think I was going to have a monster season. I think he's going to hit 40 plus homers. Um, just off year last year, a lot of guys had it. Jorge Soler is going to be legit. Um, you touched on Whit Merrifield, really good. Um, Michael A. Taylor went three for five with the homer. And I'm really excited to see what Michael A. Taylor can do over a full season of at-bats. And I think it's probably something like a, like a league average hitter with really good defense. But I think he's going to have moments where you see really cool things from Michael A. Taylor. Um, I, I like Michael A. Taylor. I think he's a good player. Uh, from the Rangers side, I mean, Nate Lowe had a game. He had two hits and four RBIs. Punched three times, too, though. Um, I think that's going to be Nate Lowe's thing is, you know, the walks, homers, and strikeouts. But he had two hits today and four RBIs. So uh, that was good to see. And then my big thing with the Rangers lineup right now is Joey Gallo sits in the middle and nobody wants to pitch to him. 
Yeah. Because even though Gallo is like, he's a really good hitter. He's not elite, but he's really good. There's nobody behind him. So he had three walks today, but he went two for three with two ribbies. Um, I think Gallo needs some protection if he's going to reach those homer plateaus that he was before uh, the last couple of years. Um, if you're going to hit 40 plus, he just, he needs a, he needs a, an above average hitter behind him. He doesn't have that right now. Uh, so I think he's going to walk a lot, but I don't know about those home runs, but we'll see. And so let's touch upon, because uh, like I said, we're, we're recording late on opening day. The White Sox and the Angels just finished. The Angels took it four to three with Lucas Giolito, who is my pick to win the AL Young. I thought he looked really good today. Um, five innings, two earned. Um, you striking out guys. His command looked really good. We're also looking at the Giants and the Mariners are tied in a 7-7 battle in the top of the ninth. You've got runners on first and third. And we also have the Astros demolishing the A's 8-1 to in the bottom of the ninth. So that will do it here with episode five of Project the Plate, the opening day recap episode. We are joined with Dustin Demeter, who has just been fantastic and definitely the baseball guru who we will have on more. And this was a really fun episode, Dustin. And I'm really happy that you're here. And yeah, I don't even know how to end it well. What do you think? Do you have anything I, else to end? Out of blast. Because uh, usually, be usually, usually Jack McMullen is here to end it with his smooth butter voice. But I'll try Great my voice. best to end it. Great voice. And I'm just so excited for baseball to start. It's opening day and it feels good. And it's about 1.30 in the morning and we're logging off. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.